This episode is brought to you in part by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, baby. Dudes, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. With BlueChew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. Get it? Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our Douglas Movies listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code DLM at checkout. Just pay five bucks for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code DLM to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Back to the show. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Doug hates candy wrappers, screaming baby sticky seeds with 50 ads and popcorn kernels in his teeth. There's still not one that he won't see because Doug loves movies. Hey, everybody. Clapping right on cue. Welcome to Doug Benson's I Love Movies, now coming to you every Friday. That's right, the new ones are going to air, start airing. Airing, I, I still call it airing, and that's not what they do. But you can download new ones starting every Friday, so my guests and I can discuss the new films that are opening that very day in each podcast. Of course, this is Easter week, so some of the films from this show came out on Wednesday and Thursday, but um, you'll get the, you get the idea. It's going to be fine. I am, uh, I'm obsessed with reading the comments, uh, ILM, as I like to call it, uh, gets on handheldcomedy.com where you can get it. Uh, and since I can't actually respond on the site, because I would have to like sign up or some shit, um, I'll just do it here. So uh, someone who goes by Notorious, Notorious with a T on the end, 
maybe just a typo, uh, was kind enough to point out uh, another holiday-themed scary movie that I forgot to mention, uh, New Year's Evil. Yeah, that's a good one. I forget the ones that I said before because I'm a stoner. And I also smoke a lot of pot. And Johnny Arthur, someone who goes by Johnny Arthur, one word, two names, in response to Nick Swartzen's no-show last week, he said, that was a dick move from him, even if he was the only part of Click that didn't make me want to stab my eyes out with a toothpick, <laughs> except for Kate Beckinsale, who made me want to stab her vagina out with my penis. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I think I know exactly what you mean, President of the North American Society of Subtlety. <laughs> Nicely played. Speaking of hollowed institutions, my guest today is one of the founders of this very theater we are sitting in and the UCB Theater in New York. Please welcome one of the four original members of the Upright Citizens Brigade, Matt Besser, everybody. Let's hear it for him. Give it up. Yeah. I have a guitar with me. Yeah, he has a guitar, so that's why you heard that little extra pump in the yeah, uh, I've applause. always wanted to do that, so. That's Come out and cool. just hold it up and people are like, yeah, yeah guitar! Yeah, play. Because so I don't know You're not going to play, though. You no. just Yeah, you just brought I it out. I set up a lot of expectations. To get, I like to get that, that extra burst of enthusiasm. Yeah. I'm you actually... should have come out in a Patton Oswalt suit. Oh, yeah. would have gone really worked. crazy. On my knees, I guess. It's true. Like Dorf on golf. Exactly. Dorf. Talk about good movies. Those weren't movies. <laughs> they should have been. <laughs> I always passed out from laughter early. I didn't know they were short. So, Matt Besser. Yes. What uh, What have you seen lately? Have you been to the motion pictures, either on TV um, or on a DVD or a plane? or? I saw Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. That's hard to say. Uh, uh, you mean the, the attraction at Magic Mountain, or you mean the... Uh, the motion picture. That's an attraction? I sure hope it's going to be one. It's some weird-ass so amusement park. You walk through a labyrinth, yeah. and there's, like, fruit on a table, and if you eat some of it, a dude with hands on his eyes is going to fuck with you. <laughs> That'd be an awesome ride. I did eat a pot brownie, so maybe my opinions don't count, but it was a pretty cool movie, especially how it lures you in, like, oh, it's kind of a kid fantasy, and oh, there's a fairy, and then all of a sudden, bam, shot to the head, fascist. Point blank range. Back to little girl. Yeah, I still can't get past the the, the knife in the mouth sequence. Oh, yeah, there was so much rough violence. Really rough. And like also once you've got a knife in somebody's mouth, why did she then pull it sideways? You know what I mean? Like that just cuts his face, you know? Like that because that's the you know, he he his whole thing was about making uh, taking dignity away from people and I think that kind of took it away from him. That's oh, what I just got made him look ugly. Er. Yeah. Because he wasn't really that great looking to begin with, was he? No, but he was confident, and that brings a lot of... He's kind of Mexican that looking, That turns on I the recall. chicks, apparently. Yeah, the mother's like, you don't understand. It's like, come on, Mom, you're hooking up with a fascist so we can get some chocolates and stockings, basically. <laughs> right? Hey, uh, you know, you saw it with a pot brownie, so... Yeah. I also you have saw a deeper it, understanding. I saw Take the Lead this week. I know that's <laughs> Why? not in the theaters. <laughs> Why? Well, on I'm, HBO, I, I actually burned it on a DVD and took it to uh, my trailer where I was working. So that that shows a whole other level of commitment of watching it. I think 
Why did you get so fired up about Take the Lead? That's Antonio Banderas. Yeah, teaching there you go. kids how to be sexy. Teaching kids, teaching ghetto kids how to ballroom dance. They're like, no way, man. I bet he convinces them that it's pretty cool eventually. Pretty cool. Well, only if they can find a way to put their hip hop beat. Do it their way. In Lena Horn songs. That's basically. how you trick people to do things for you. Have them think they're doing it their way. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. you've got them on your highway. Yes. I was not high for this one, though. I was working. Um, but I love dance movies, basically. I lo- I've seen every dance movie. You can't name a dance movie that I have not seen. Except for uh, Stomp the Ground, because that just came out. Or Stomp the Ground, that's Stomp a good one. Stomp the Dirt. Stomp the Yard. yard. No, I'm talking about the parody of it that's already... <laughs> That'd be a great Stomp parody. That ass Stomp the, the Ground. <laughs> We're really showing Stomp the Yard a thing or two. <laughs> Changed it to Ground. It's a pretty funny parody. That's cool. Yeah. I saw it. All right. Well, this has been a... Any questions about dance movies? <laughs> I'll take them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, try- I was going to try to think of one. Think try that you I and see if you've seen it. You. Um, see the plot. Now, but that see doesn't... Honey? Does that f- flap over into the, cheerleader movies? Like Bring It On? They are of the... That's a subgenre, I think. Or, or Drumline is, is sort Stick of, it. of that. Uh, oh, is that... That's the new one, yeah, with Jim... Jim you seen that yet? I have not seen it. It's I, almost I, I got dancing in, the in theater. it. Yeah, yeah, you Netflix it or whatever. Yeah, I won't go full fairy on seeing dance movies in the theater. I have to watch them by myself. I actually cry at the end. And I, I was think you do go full fairy when you're watching dance movies, but that's cool. <laughs> Not in front of people. You know, I will wear panties in front of my own mirror, but not in public. But I I actually embarrassed I you my own self. I meant full price when you said full fairy. And that I was being clever and switching it over to a gay fairy. No, I meant that. When you said, I don't see it in the theater, I don't go full fairy, I thought that mean you don't pay full price (laughs) to see that shit. You meant you don't go out in public to see that shit. I like to turn things into slang by adding a Y at the end. (laughs) I'm not going to use this mic here tonight. (laughs) I love this audience here tonight, boy. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's some new movies that are out in uh, theaters because, like, I said uh, it's Easter week, and um, so some stuff came out already. Um, Can't I say, say something about Blades of Glory? That, that's please come say out, something right? about that's, it. Is that it's, on it's the out. list? It's out. I just saw it last night. Okay. Did so you like say it? something about it. I loved it. <laughs> Look at your eyes. I think. I feel that Will Ferrell. I mean, he's just pretty funny, no matter what yeah, he does, exactly. right? Like in that Napoleon Dynamite guy, he was Napoleon Dynamite on Ice, right? Right. That must have been funny. So you haven't Will seen were it? Funny. I haven't. No, I went. This is the thing. I went to see the premiere. You know, I'm not bragging either. I've only seen like six premieres, and but the if guitar not goes a, with him at every one. If if you're not a star, do not go to premiere. If you're not in the movie. There's no reason because you go feel to insanely you, unspecial. Oh God, you feel like the biggest piece of shit. I felt like I was trying <laughs> to con my way in the whole time. You go up to this table, you know, we'll call, and I'm like a Matt Besser, and they're looking at me like, mm-hmm, sure. You know, you don't know Amy Poehler. That's bullshit. And they finally find me, and I'm this like, this table is for Will Ferrell and Will Arnett. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's called Will Call. <laughs> so then, oh, so then they. Uh, so they then just I give you a my, hard time, so you left. No, no, I got a, I got my ticket. I'm with my girlfriend, I, and I look in. There's only one ticket, 
Like, I'm like, oh, fucking great. So I go back, and I'm like, you know, I got a plus one. Right. And they're like, oh, well, for that, you got to go talk to that guy in the white shirt. You know, and I'm getting this other line. And people, meanwhile, are going, move on. You can't stand here. You got, you know, they're yelling at people. Yeah. And I'm, I get there. I finally get up to this guy. And he's like, huh, let me see. Let me see. And this woman comes up and he goes, wait a minute, you're Matt Besser? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm thinking she's going to go, I got this taken care somewhere. of. Amy Poehler, just call me. No problem. And she's like, well, I just got a call from a publicist. I'm like, and I'm looking at Danielle, my girlfriend, like, yeah, this is going to be no problem. And the publicist says, you definitely don't have a plus one. I'm like, what? You're getting calls telling you I don't have things? <laughs> There's a list of people that aren't going to come in. You know, meanwhile, you know, you know, I know Kate Flannery in the office, and she's coming in with the whole office crowd with the red carpet. And, you know, people go, yeah, Kate. I'm like, see, I can't even get in here through the you back sh- you door. You should have come with your whole crossballs gang. Yeah, people really you know what I mean? would recognize that. If you're like that. a posse of crossballs people, then they might have been like, cut right this way. Yeah, you're right. You're, you are right about the premieres, though. It is kind of a, a funky thing, which has kind of led to now, even when you're attending a premiere, it's got to be a star-studded movie. Because if it's just a movie with one or two famous leads and like one of them doesn't come because he's Nicolas Cage and he's crazy, right. then you're like, then you're just sitting there looking around and there's these just random celebrities that are... Big enough to get invited, but low enough to say okay and right. come in and just it's like, like, Ryan like if I'd have been there, I'd have been like, hey, Besser's here, that's cool. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I don't think he goes to anything because he's very busy. Yeah, that's you true. can't turn on something without hearing. But you're his saying voice. there's celebrities that aren't necessarily in the movie; they're just recognizable. They're just there. They're just red red carpet people. Yeah. you know the girls that wear the crazy dresses so they get in Fashion Police and Us Weekly. And uh, you know, and then and then people that are actually in the movie. So like, that's how I decide if I want to go to a premiere. So it's got a lot of cool people in it. Then and the people across there. the street always amaze me. It's like <laughs> packed with people. Just going, that should be a West, that's like a Wes Craven movie. The people across the, the street. The people across the street. <laughs> what will they yell? What's on their placards? Why are they staying across the street? They're so well behaved. Why don't they break free? What if the barriers came down? <laughs> this regular summer. people got into a premiere. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, speaking of trailers, though, uh, when does Across the Universe come out? Did oh, you see I haven't that? seen the trailer for that yet. It's like it's oh like a weird-ass musical. It's all Beatles songs. Yeah, right? but it took me a while to figure that out because I hadn't heard about it so when I saw the trailer. And so... A Beatles song, you know, opens up the trailer, obviously, and I'm like, oh, this is just the Beatles song that's scoring the trailer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they cut to the, you know, some dialogue, and then someone's like, hey, Jude, you know, here comes the sun, you don't go talk to that fool on the hill or something. You know, I'm like, what the fuck? There's another Beatles song. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mustard. <laughs> Someone <laughs> let a hole in the sky where the sun gets in. They really all the dialogue is just dropping yeah, lyrics crazy. and titles the, of Beatles the lead songs. Is Jude, I guess you know he's oh, fucking hey, Eleanor Rigby or something. I don't know. Oh, uh, they tried that once already with that Sergeant, Sergeant Pepper's, Pepper's Bee Gees thing with George Burns. That had Darren in it. Fixing a hole where the rain gets in. Don't sing too much. We don't want to have to pay for it. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, fuck it. Beat it. Let's. Sing the most expensive. Yeah, that'd be song weird. Ever. They just randomly throw in a 
Michael Jackson songs. He, just, well, he owns he, all the Beatles always songs. Beatles so he stuff, can do and that. Then, yeah, that's he awesome can declare that. his own songs Beatles songs. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, "Beat It" is a Beatles song. <laughs> Henceforth and forever. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Heather Mills. You're my new wife. You keep showing them that you have a leg up on the competition. <laughs> Ugh, got a groan in the audience on that one, so I know it's time to move on. Let me ask you about, uh, I, this is the part of the show where I talk about movies the guest has been in mm. and will be in. This will be a short Because you're working on a, I got, there's a few here. I got, but the first thing I want to talk about is you're currently shooting a movie called Walk Hard. Yes, that's why I have my guitar with me. It's a parody of uh, biopics like Walk the Line and... Ray... Ray, was everyone with the word hard in it, in the title? <laughs> like it took two and smashed them together? That would have been good. <laughs> but I can't think of Walk one. Ray would have been not a great title. Ray hard, that wouldn't work. Anything with hard's pretty funny. But uh, this is a funny, it is funny, I'm not just saying that because I'm There's a sticker it. for it on the back of your uh, yeah, guitar. They gave me this guitar. Oh, wow. The, the production. But I'm I play the guitarist in uh, in uh, Dewey Cox's band, um, which is John C. Riley. He's the lead, and that dude can sing, man. Yeah, he's good. That dude, Mr. Can Cellophane, sing. in that Chicago movie. Yeah, not just can he sing, but he can do. You know, he can sing like in different ways. Like he nails a Johnny Cash song, then he does a Roy Orbison kind of song, he does a Bob Dylan song. You know, he he nails each style just. In both a funny way, but also you're like, hey, this, you know what? This is a pretty good it's song. It's like character actor singing. He he can do it. He's an amazing actor. I love that guy. Did you, have you smoked pot with him yet? I have not. I I always save that till the end, or they might think I'm high during the production if they know how how good I am at smoking pot. Right. Yeah, I wait. No, that's smart. Yeah. What about him? You think? Um, I don't think he could get high. He has so much to do oh, okay. during this. I don't think he is. Is it sort of in the style of uh, like like a, a Talladega Nights or a Anchorman, where like people do alternate takes of everything, like they do? Oh, the way we actually film it. Yeah, yeah. We actually did a scene today where because um, I don't have that many lines in the movie when it comes down to it. I'm doing a lot of uh, Dewey. You got to go on. It's your turn <laughs> to go on. You know, I got a yeah. lot of those kind of lines. But uh, this was a good scene where there was jokes and back and forth, and that's what we did. You do the you do what's written first. And then you then you do more takes where where you improvise and he can go man I mean he's not a you know an official improviser I guess but um, he did a scene with John Michael Higgins you know that guy from he did a lot yeah of he's Christopher great Guess. in all those Christopher Guest movies they just did like a Usually scene the where they improvised character. yeah they improvised for like ten minutes one time straight and I'm like that could just that all that could be in the movie but that's the shame with those type movies like Talladega Nights. I was in Talladega Nights and Anchorman, as a matter of fact, on the editing room floor is where you might have seen me if you were an editor <laughs> of that movie, but otherwise you didn't see Brooms me. Brooms love your work. Yeah, exactly. But because those movies, the, the, the first draft are usually like, no kidding, three and a half hours long, and yeah. it's funny. And that's why DVDs are good, I guess, with these kind of movies. Yeah, you get, but you get like every alternate line that, that Will Ferrell said. You don't get to see all the gold that like... You know, all that the supporting players came up with. Like me. Yeah, all you guys. Like, I was like, I thought McBrayer was like 
sadly underutilized in uh, yeah. Talladega Nights, but at least he was in it. Like he did, you know, he did better than you. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, when the script is 90 pages long and you improvise, I mean, something's got to get cut. Yeah, and it's got to be like on point and on story yeah. or on the star. Well, that's the problem. That's why I, I almost maybe like Anchorman better than Talladega Nights because I don't give a sh- can I curse? I don't yeah. give a crap about the story, usually, frankly. You don't a lot give of people, a shit crap. <laughs> shit. I'll say it. I don't give a shit about the story. Usually, I'd much rather them Well, the story is improvise. always such a phony excuse yeah, for a story. You know, comedy's like, always. Yeah, like, are they going to win the big competition? Yeah, it's a competition. You know? Who gives a shit? Time. Oh, and there's an evil character that's going to try and, and, and stop them there's a love somehow. interest, and we know. And you just know. And it's like, all right, I just want them to go, okay, next. All Let's jokes. just get into the jokes now. But I have to say, that's that was my reaction to Blades of Glory, is it's like, it's 86 minutes long, and there is a story, but it's like... 90, it's 90% jokes and 10% Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> who, I'm not saying he's not funny, but he commits to a character that doesn't get to say anything funny, but has to always be like, okay, you guys, you're going to be the first two male skaters together, and now we're going to go practice. Like, he's always the one pointing out where the, where the story's headed and what's about to happen. And then Will Ferrell could just say something retarded. Yeah. And I'm John Heater can make that, that face. Grease and walk hard to me. And honest. also, fucking. Figure skating is so much funnier than cars going around a track. You know what I mean? Like he true. said funny things in the car, but a car wiping out and all that, there was there wasn't that much funny things you can do with the actual act of racing a car. Mm. But the act of skating, they're doing so many silly things the whole time that it just looks funny that they're both so into skate, you know, skating. They like uh, the faces that they're making and the effect of morphing them onto real skaters looks awesome. And there's like one really violent scene in the movie. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. So you did until like I it. think about it for a while, <laughs> and then I'll be like everybody else, like those movies. They don't even try. They just fuck around all day and then call it a movie. <laughs> but I like I like this one a lot. This is my favorite of the Will Ferrell goofy movies so really? far. But also I just saw it yesterday. You know. Really? Okay. Okay. But I was That's really fair. tickled by it. Like I was really like giggling the whole time. And I thought, and I felt John Heater since Napoleon Dynamite has given us nothing. He's there's no other shades to that. He's given us. He's Napoleon just Dynamite. doing the same thing, just making that face. But in this movie, I really liked it because it's just it's it's a perfect role for him. Mm-hmm. Like Will, it's kind of fun that Will Ferrell has a character that's always around, so he gets to be he's kind of the funnier of the two. But the other one's making a stupid face, right? You know, so it's, they go they complement each other nicely. That neither neither one of those characters could probably be the sole character of, of the movie. You know? Oh, really? And and Will and Amy are really funny. Yeah, and, I saw uh, a clip. And lots That's of other people, lots of other people, you know, roll in and say something funny and then leave, and uh, it's pretty good. I wish I, I, I kind of like it more. You've really talked me off of it. Really? My I haven't enthusiasm. said anything because of it's so funny when you first asked me. That's in. such a co- comedian trap. Like, have you seen Blades of Glory yet? Yeah, it was great. Oh, really? I thought it was fucking stupid. You know, I mean, you always get like fall into those traps of like you don't know which way they're thinking about it. When they how ask many you about comedy it. movies per year do you think you really like in the last five this, years? This one might be the one for me you this think year. Like one, I might have fucking blown it, and there might be something funnier later in the year. What was I your What was your my... favorite last year? I'm sure this was another podcast. Mine was Idiocracy. I loved that movie. I, I liked Idiocracy. So I finally caught up with it on a plane, and I liked it a lot. I liked the commitment to the uh, 
premise. Uh-huh. But I also thought that I got a little tired of them just all being dumb all the time. Really? I never I mean, got that's tired my biggest that. gripe with some of these some of these comedies that feature all the guys that are popular comics now is that every character is stupid. You know, yeah. so it's like like that's what I like about the 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 American version of The Office mm-hmm. is it's kind of evolved into in a strange way Carell is the least stupid and weird next to, you know, Pam and Jim. Like everyone else is such an oddball character that he's kind of like become a little less uh, of a buffoon. Like he's not the major buffoon that Ricky Gervais was. Mm -hmm. He's like a buffoon that's actually kind of able to work with all these people. And, you know, like like he's smarter than other characters at moments. Whereas Ricky Gervais is always, always the fucking dumbest guy in the room (laughs) doing the dumbest thing. You know, he never has a moment of clarity where like where he... Like Ed Helms, his character seems a lot dumber than Carell's character. So it's fun to see that, you know. I I don't I agree about the dumb movies. It's like it seems like everything's about being dumb. That's more like a ten year trend. Yeah, no, it's been going a while, and it's just like that every character's stupid. Like, but like, I thought Idiocracy was a comment on that too. Wasn't yeah, it? it totally was. It, it was, but it's still like you just. I started to feel Luke Wilson's frustration. That it's like I can't fucking talk to these. These people are so ridiculously stupid. It's kind of like frustrating to know that. Our lives are kind of like that right now. You yes. know, that it's gotten to a point where people don't know what the hell you're talking about half the time. I, I didn't even like him much up until that movie, actually. <laughs> it turned you around on Luke Wilson? It did. Speaking of people who appear in uh, Blades of Glory, he, sh- he shows up. Is and the audience funny? is like, ah! Like, they get all excited hey. when he shows up, you know? Like, well, no shit. He was probably on the set every day hanging out. <laughs> and they're like, put this blazer on and be a sex guidance counselor. I think we're out of time, man. This has gone... This has gone out of control. I wanted to ask you about no Wild contest. Girls Gone. Is that, that like a cross between Girls Gone Wild and Without a Trace? You know what? Yeah, that's a pretty good description of it. Oh, okay. Actually, um, that, that sounds good to me. As long as you get enough of the wild girl before she, you know, disappears. There are. If it starts off with there. her gone, then I'm. That's what I hate too. Is these R-rated movies with hardly any nudity. Oh, there was a big nude scene in in the Walkhard scene. I was in an orgy scene in Walkhard. See, now we're talking. Now we're talking. But they might push out and go for the PG-13. I know. We did different takes. It was funny. It was like, all right, Mm -hmm. this is the underwear take. Now this is the topless take. take. And I was like, oh, topless take. You know, that's going to be it. Fucking pantyless take. (laughs) Even I was like, whoa. What's going on here? Dildo take. <laughs> donkey take. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, was that a donkey? <laughs> you know <laughs> what? There was a giraffe. Oh, that was my donkey. <laughs> that was the man in a donkey costume. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so that's going to... When's that coming out? Well, in our portrayal well, of, of the 50s orgy, women uh, shave it all off. Oh, they're all, the they're all totally there. Brazilian? Yeah, a lot of them. In the 50s? Yeah, the audience just got really uncomfortable with It was an unknown trend. <laughs> Sorry, I ladies. I think they're more uncomfortable with the 50s than <laughs> Don't being talk completely about shaved. The 50s. It's like, what do we know about that? Long before our time. I always love that when people are like, you say, mention a movie to somebody. Did you ever see this? Oh, that, was, that came out before I was born. You can't see it. Can't. Off limits. No good to you. Also, like, speaking of idiots, but, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, is that in black and white? Ooh. Yeah. I don't like black and white. I don't want to watch Schindler's List. <laughs> Wait. 
There's something red. <laughs> yeah. I like oh, it kind of. Look at that flame. Thank God that little girl's got a colored coat on. <laughs> I was really finding this bleak. <laughs> oh, Stephen, you found some hope. <laughs> colored coats on children. That was the Jews' problem. Not <laughs> enough color. God, that's just so drab with They're the so everything's pessimistic. so gray. Is it, did, it, did the sun ever come out there? I didn't see it once in that movie. With their attitude, no. <laughs> My favorite Mad Messer role was in uh, Junebug. <laughs> really? You played, well, not only did I like your work, but I enjoyed reading the end credits because you played Scout Who Goes In. <laughs> and Jerry Minor is listening to the credit as Scout Who Stays Outside. <laughs> I love that's pretty when, much it. I love when they describe the characters that way, but in your case, it's practically like that's all you do in the scene is you just say, I'm not going in. I mean, you say, I'm going in, and Jerry says, I'm going to stay out here. And then you go in, and Jerry doesn't. We improvised. That was a case of Phil Morris did that, who also directed first season of UCB, and uh, he he had us improvise for a whole day. We're driving around in the car, doing all these funny improv, and I was like, "This doesn't have much to do with the plot. All this stuff we're saying, this isn't going to be in the movie." Amy Adams isn't in the car with us. No, that's the trick to being in the movie is never letting go of the lead character in your scene. So, like handcuffs, <laughs> being cuffed to the lead character would be good. Yes. That worked for, uh, what's his name, Most Deaf in that Bruce Willis movie. What was it called, 13 I Blocks? I didn't see that. Oh, my God. That was on HBO the other day. And I, I, it's not a bad movie, but I just can't get past Most Deaf's choice that he makes. Mm-hmm. He talks kind of like this. You know, he's got like a silly voice. It sounds <laughs> like a cartoon character. And after a while, you're, you know, you're supposed to... He's supposed to be three-dimensional. You know, he's supposed to be like a real human being. But he's, And real human beings do talk that way. But in this case, it just seemed too too weird for that, That's that the defense. Movie. That's the defense for every character I've ever done in his sketches. A, there's a guy in New York there's in Washington really Square like who talks like this. And then, but then it's somehow unbelievable <laughs> that someone talks like that. you, you got to see the genuine but guy. But then there's Chris Tucker, you know. You hear the words coming out of You're like... All right, that's pretty funny. I don't mind that. I think most people would agree that Chris Tucker's portions of the movie The Fifth Element is the single most <laughs> grating thing that's ever happened oh, in a motion picture. Strong cho- a choice was made there by the director and by Chris Tucker, and it just it's a total misfire. Totally ruins what could have been just okay. <laughs> Uh, so I, we normally play the Leonard Malton game at the end, but we've uh, we've run long on time because this has actually been really really fun talking to you. I mean, not okay. that it's not fun talking to the other guests, and then we get to the game, <laughs> but it just didn't work out this I time. I wouldn't have done well anyway. You don't think so? I'm one of those fans that, uh, like, for instance, I'm really into sci-fi, like whatever Star Trek or what or whatever. But like people say, yeah, don't you like Patrick Stewart? And I'm like, who's that? Like I never care. <laughs> I've never cared who the <laughs> actors are. Right. It's like, you know, that's that's the captain. That's Captain Picard. I don't care that, you know, you like Michael Dorn. Who's that? I like Worf, you know. I don't, it breaks the reality for me to know that there are actors involved. I think of sci-fi as a documentary of the future, basically. <laughs> and that's all I need to know it as. It's like... I could, I, oh, maybe Susie Park is in Battlestar Galactica. Is that her name? Is that the, I only is think that I remember Starbuck? her name because she's cute. 
to Is cute that Asian girl. Or the six. It's something. Park. Oh, she's a boomer. My guess next week will know. See, I love Battlestar, but I don't know any of those actors' names. The one lady who played, um, she was in Dances with Wolves, as lady who has orgasms <laughs> with beauty shop number feathered, three beauty shop feathered hair. She had <laughs> Catherine McCormick or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, McDonald. O'Donnell. Can't wow, it. it's like we're playing Leonard Maltin without even picking up the book. Sorry. Just start trying to name people that are like in if things. You're gonna, if I'm on again, if you're going to do it, you should do, like, do a really obvious movie and have fun with how, I, how could it possibly be that I can't get it. All right, let me try one. Burgess Meredith. <laughs> Burt Young. Okay, Batman. No, Talia Shire. It's not Batman. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Rocky. Okay, Yay! Okay. See you next time. Yes, sir, everybody. That was fun. Thanks, we'll guys. Next time. Uh, until next time, this is Doug Benson saying Willem Dafoe is a shithead. Now it's time for Doug to watch another talkie. Eyes of Gold is viewing prowess makes him cocky. There's no room in.